This is Baby Hour, radio for parenting. Hello, and a very warm welcome to Baby Hour. I'm Carolyn M. And I'm super delighted today. I've got Chris Lake with me. And Chris is a young child development expert. And we're going to be talking about something that we don't like to talk about. We're going to be talking about tantrums, what we do. So Chris, hi, and a very, very warm welcome to Baby Hour. Oh, it's great to be here, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited. I mean, we don't often talk about tantrums. And it's something that needs to be spoken about. So we're going to go right into it. We'll start right away and we'll say, you're, you're in the store. Your child is jumping up and down, screaming their head off. Mm-hmm, they want mm-hmm. chocolate. They want everything. What's the first thing to do? First thing to do is to take a deep breath. Center yourself so that you're not as emotional as your child. You want to be calm and collected when you respond to someone who's being extraordinarily emotional. Second thing to remember, and the biggest takeaway anyone can have from anything I say today is all behavior continues as long as it's useful. I'm going to say it again. All okay. behavior continues as long as it's useful. So okay, a child... But, okay, uh, that, that sentence needs a bit more explanation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what ha- so here's the thing to think about. The child does what the child has learned, right? There's very few things that are unlearned for a child. Two things that are unlearned is that loud noises are bad and that if I go off a certain height, that's probably bad. They have a sense of height and distance and a sense that loud noises will give a star reflex, everything else children learn. So at a certain point, children learn when I cry, I get something. And this happens in infancy. Newborn children are required to do this for survival. If they need if they need breast milk, if they need formula, they cry. Someone provides them. If they're too hot, someone realizes this and helps them undress. If they're too cold, someone realizes provides them blankets. Crying is their only mode of communication for quite okay, some time. So you're, so you're saying that crying is their only way of communication from the beginning. Uh, the only way that we use, uh, you know, uh, indefinitely. Although we do use sign language for babies, which I've had, I've had my expert on on that. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about, as you said, the baby's crying, the baby's screaming. It could be a toddler. It could be up to a five-year-old, even probably even a little bit more if it hasn't been getting right. early on. So you, you're, you're screaming, you're crying, uh, you're jumping up and down, you're shaking the buggy, you're pulling your mom's leg. Um, you've, you've taken your deep breath. Well, what are you going to do next? So you're going to communicate very clearly to the child your expectations. And I always encourage parents to set rules and expectations from a very early age. And just, just to backtrack so those listening have a sense about me, I work in particular with children with autism between the ages of two and three. And I've been doing this for the last 16 years across the five boroughs in New York City. And I've worked with literally hundreds of kids and hundreds of pairs of parents. Um, and there's certain things that are consistent in terms of what creates behavior change. You know, As a behavior scientist, my day job, I have to literally analyze data, graph it, and show this is the behavior that we targeted. This is its change, positive or negative or neutral. And what we did to make that happen. I teach my staff to do this as well. When a child's jumping up and down, and they, I want chocolate, I want chocolate, mommy, mommy, give me chocolate. If you give that child chocolate, you are guaranteeing the next time you are in a store and they see chocolate, that they will do the same exact behavior. Guaranteeing, because that behavior was useful. The child doesn't walk away saying, you know, I might be stressing mom out when I do that. I might be too old for this. 
that might not have been the kindest choice. I could have used my words nicer. They're not going to come across that on their own because that's not a useful, they don't have really have that self-reflection until they're seven, to be honest. But besides that, they found I did X, I got Y. I wanted Y, okay, so X so is good. Well, I'm, I'm already getting never, ever given to potential. Correct. Never given, no matter <laughs> what the circumstances are. Even if everybody in the store is looking at you and talks and waving their fingers, you are the one in control. You are not going to give the child the chocolate the child wants. Preach. That's exactly You're right. You're not going to play to the audience, basically. Mom is not playing to the audience. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's the long and short. We're done here. Thank you, folks. It's been a pleasure. No, I kid, but the truth is um, children also learn how to work the audience. So kids will have learned that parents respond to that social pressure. And they're not thinking about it in very sophisticated terms. They just recognize that baby is useful. They recognize if they turn up the volume when there's lots of people around, mom is more likely to respond faster. And I invite all moms and dads out there to give yourself space to allow judgment. Other people's opinions of you are none of your business. It's okay if someone is looking at you while you're being a good parent and they're thinking a less than positive thought about you or have less than a positive image of you. It's none of your business what their thoughts are. It's none of their business what your family dynamic is either. So while you're raising your child, you can ignore the looks. You can say people are going to look, but anyone who's been in your shoes knows exactly what that feels like anyway. So don't mind anyone who's not looking. Don't mind anyone who is looking because they don't know. They don't know. If you give into a child's tantrum, you guarantee the tantrum next time. And I've learned the difficult thing to do. Now, here's the question, right? Well, what do I do? If I'm just supposed to ignore the tantrum, but the child's not just going to stop, right? Every child stops eventually. The trick is to have greater patience than your two-year-old, greater patience than your three-year-old, four-year-old, et cetera. The trick is to be okay with the judgmental looks. The trick is to recognize that if you deal with this today, you will not have to deal with this tomorrow. However, today will not be pretty. Today will not be fun. It will not be easy. But if you dig in and say, sweetheart, that is not at all how you ask for things. And we already discussed, you're going to have sweets at home. And you simply repeat your expectation. You repeat the rule uh, as much as you need to without breaking. Your child can hold their breath, flop on the ground, bang. And you just repeat yourself, this is what we're doing. And because thankfully, almost all parents that I've come across are larger than their children and stronger, you can at a certain point say, now it's time for us to go and physically guide the child out the door. And just hey, wave hey, a hand to no. the I'm, 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 we were crying, we're letting them cry. We're not, we're not, we're not giving in to the audience. We're trying to keep our cool within ourselves because we're, we're all, we're, we're human. And we're human. Right. Not easy. It's not, not easy. easy. Child was screaming. It's not easy to talk to the audience with their touching lips and their waving fingers. <laughs> and, and, and your child is still on the floor and still screaming. And somebody's muttering, you know, what kind of mom is this? And all the rest of somebody's going, oh, buy the child the chocolate. So you're, you're, you're doing your best, you're ignoring everything, but I'm thinking to myself, maybe you want to try a distraction tactic for your child. Uh, maybe you, got, you should maybe carry something that they like in, on your person, maybe, 
and bring out, oh, this is Molly, you know, your favorite Dolly or something like that. Would that be a tactic to, would that be something to investigate? You could, you could definitely do that. You can do that because at the end of the day, the child is not getting rewarded for what they're tantruming for. You're giving them an alternative option. And I would always offer parents the opportunity to have your child earn it. My daughter, she's 27 months old. If she, if she starts to get, and two-year-olds are going to do this. You know, that's the thing. At the end of the day, there's no, there is no formula to being such a perfect parent that your child never has a tantrum. That's impossible. So if someone is looking at you while your child has a tantrum, like you're a bad parent, they're delusional because every single parent on earth from the first parent has had their child tantrum. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much experience you have with kids. This is just what toddlers do. Um, but I always encourage my daughter two things. I say, one, if you really want chocolate, for example, because my daughter loves chocolate. So I said, daddy, chocolate. I said, okay, you want chocolate? Let's earn it. If you want chocolate, let's earn it. So let's trace some shapes. Let's do an activity. Let's do something that's going to develop you in some sort of way between your ears. When you have earned it, I will give you some chocolate. And she will, she'll trace a circle. She'll trace a square. She'll do some sort of fine motor activity for me. Otherwise, with the dollars. Nice, but maybe we could try being like it's you. You are nice in the supermarket. That's the way you're going to earn your chocolates. Uh, bringing it right back, bringing it down to the point of the tantrum. You know, maybe that's another another avenue. You know, however, you can make the child be more in control of themselves is a win. So if you can t- if you can use some phrase that makes a child control themselves, then they have earned it. The, the okay. key is to not reward lack of control. You don't want to reward lack of control because a the child is learning this is effective. B, that carries over. That doesn't come to a conclusive end at any specific age until the child has learned very hard and seriously that this doesn't work anymore. And it's best that it happens with the love and the kindness of a parent than it happened from the teacher or it happened from the peer group or it happened from perfect strangers. And we've okay. all had to learn it in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we got the supermarket. We got the supermarket. The supermarket is, no, you're not getting it and that's it. And we've got to disregard you know, disregard the onlookers. You are the one in charge. We got the right. supermarket. So let's move on. Let's move away from the supermarket. Okay. You're okay. In the nursery, for example. And mm-hmm. they are throwing tantrums. They don't want to do what the, the other kids have to do. They they brought a toy to school. They insist on bringing a toy to school. And we all know that toys do not get it, they, they don't come into the preschool class. They right, have to go home right. with the parents. So how do we deal with this kind of tantrum? Slightly different your supermarket. That's a, I want chocolate. This is more of a, I want my own way. Uh, right. right. Not necessarily about the chocolate. It's I, I want to do A, and I don't care what the rules are. I, a is what I want to do. So how do we deal with A, this problem? Okay, so first step, same as the last, take a deep breath. Always center yourself so that you are not meeting your child where they are. You want your child to meet you where you are. And if you're calm, and they see this, right? Children reflect our emotionality. If we're very hot and and angry all the time, we're going to have children who are very feisty and and a little bit rambunctious. But if we're very calm in response to situations, they're learning from you that calmness is a good thing. They're learning from you that calmness is available as an option. Um, so I, I tell people this. That I, I've been told a lot is get down to their level. Yeah, I love them. You know, if you if you're sitting on the floor, <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's good. It's okay. You know, sit on the floor. Listen, that than, helps a lot. 
rather That's than looking lot. down on uh, which brings me on to another topic which is is close to my heart when i say that kids like daycare because they like to be on the level with their peers that's one of my i'm very very uh, very outspoken on that one when people say oh no i want to my my, my kids going to stay with me till it's 5 years old like in sweden you know i i really think that's a, they're disadvantaging their their children by doing this Mm-hmm. Because you hang with your peers, you don't hang with kids that are 15 years old, or maybe you still do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody likes to hang with their peers, you know. Right. I'm a grandma. Right. I hang with grandmas, although I'd really love to hang with 17 year olds, but they, they're not cool with that. There's there's a huge advantage to daycare, um, and that's in particular that a child is learning how to properly socialize. And as much as we can do with our children, how much as we can play with our children, or read to our children, or take them to the park what children learn from other children is so invaluable. Now, and I'm going to preface this again, going back to my line of work, the children that I work with typically all have autism. Some have lead poisoning, some have other developmental delays, but we work with the kid one-on-one to target specific skills. And then after they've done enough work, we let them go into a play area, social, excuse me, group socialization area, where the goal is for them to actually engage each other. And we can kind of coordinate and coerce and kind of, help them to in different ways socialize. And whenever I see two children pair off and actually start playing, the first game kids usually play is chase. That's, that's, that's the initial game of kids, just chase me. And they just, it's endless and it's fun, but there's eye contact and they both understand that we are doing something, you and me are having a little fun right now, just going in circles. And it's so powerful because they realize that their peer group has something for them that is intrinsic. It's not through rewards. It's not through gold stars or hugs or meals. It's just, I'm enjoying this community. Basically, it's just you and me. That brings me back to the tantrums. Now, say, for example, you're in daycare or you're in the nursery and one of the other kids has a tantrum. Well, how does that affect your kids? Now, he has a tantrum in the the nursery. The nursery teacher usually ends up giving in to him because she's got 32 other kids and there's not really a lot that she can do rather than spend 15 minutes, you know, with one tantrum. So how does this affect your kids? She sees that the other kid is getting his way having a tantrum. Does she, hopefully she's learned from home that tantrums are no, but maybe she still has a little bit, uh, it's a little bit of a gray area when she sees the result. So what, what can we do in this situation? A few, few things, uh, and I also want to t- t- um jump back to your original question about tantrums outside the daycare when it comes to toys, because I don't want to lose that thread either. But for, yes, you're absolutely right. If a child's in a daycare and they see a daycare worker provider um, cave to a tantrum, they are learning that behavior is useful. And eventually they will try that behavior themselves. Now, we can't control what happens outside of our line of sight, right? I can't control my daughter when she's in daycare. Right, I can't, my wife can't control my daughter when she's in daycare. Etc. But what you can do is make sure the child understands the rules in your house, that your child understands the rules in your presence. And that way they, they're developing that relationship with you. And that hopefully will bleed into other scenarios. Um, if they're going to tantrum for the daycare provider, that's unfortunately on the daycare provider. They said they said they kind of set that standard. Um, one thing that I've learned is actually extraordinarily useful to do to kids, even at a young age. And people might think, oh, really, isn't this a bit much? Let them know their last name and use their last name as an identifier. So my last name is Lake. And I'll tell my daughter, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're a Lake. And Lakes don't act like this. 
And when you do this, you are pinning in their mind an identification and a behavior set for life, for life. And the more you repeat this as they go, like, nah, I'm a lake. I don't, I don't drink or do drugs. No, I'm a lake. I don't, I don't do this. I don't, I'm a oh, lake. I like that. I yeah. like that. <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate that in my other lines of work. I definitely <laughs> like that. Um, okay. Basically, um, we're, I think we're going to be drawing to a close. I think we've done, I think we've learned actually a great deal about tantrums today and how to deal with tantrums. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, uh, Chris, I'm going to give you, give me one, two, three, four, four major points about tantrums. And then, then we're going to go into how we can get to, to well, where we can find your book and et cetera, et cetera. So go for it. One, two, right. three, four. What do we do? Here we go. So number one, take a deep breath. And I really mean this. The more you're calm, the easier it is to get out of the woods. The kids will start to notice your calm energy and respond to it. If you respond to anger with anger, the situation can escalate dramatically and it can just last longer. Um, okay. One, take a deep breath. Two. Two. Tell your child what you want them to do. Um, whether that's ask nicely, whether that's to remember the rules, whether that's to use an indoor voice, whether that is to Give mommy the toy now because it's time to go to daycare and we have to follow the rules. Whatever it is, tell your child what to do. Oftentimes we get stuck in the mentality of telling the child what not to do. Don't do that. Stop doing that. What's wrong Okay, with you? number two, tell your child clearly what you want them to do. Number three. Number three, set up consequences slash reward relationships. There's certain phrases that kids really prefer to hear to understand things. I call them formulas. If, then statements, first then statements. So when you use these, a child can really digest, oh, okay, if I do this, then I get this. If I behave in the store, then when we go home, I can have some cookies. If I don't behave in the store, then I will get no cookies. First, we go to the store and then we're going to get pizza. Okay, I know what's happening next. This gives a child a better timeline and better sense and helps decrease their anxiety. You don't often tell kids, what their schedule is. We just expect them to go with us and they fight back because they have so little agency. But using if then statements and first then statements are great ways to establish rules, are great ways to establish expectations. Okay, so if and then is number three and the final one for number four, go for it, Chris. Number Don't care four. what the people around you look at you like. Don't care about it. That doesn't matter. You're raising your kid. Your family's business is your family's business. When you are asking your child to grow, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not mean. It's required as an adult authority and a parent. If someone's looking at you funny, they probably don't have kids um, or they don't realize the danger of giving into tantrums. Okay, so press on, carry on, don't give into tantrums because when you do, that guarantees it will last longer. Okay, so F the audience, that's forget the audience. <laughs> forget the audience. Okay, Chris, it was an absolute pleasure. Before you, before you run from me, I'm going to tell, uh, tell our listeners where they can get your book and uh, your www's, your social medias. Give us a whole lot. you got 15 seconds. Go. All right. Sounds good. You can find my book, how, uh, excuse me, you can find my book, Help Your Toddler Meet Their Milestones, 101 Behavior Hacks on Amazon. You can find it at www.101behaviorhacks, 101behaviorhacks.com. And it's on Kindle as well as paperback. 
If you have questions, reach out. My email is available, chris at 101behaviorhacks.com. I love helping people feel more confident in their parenting skills. I love helping people diffuse tantrums. And this is the work I do. So thank you, Carolyn, very much for the platform. It's been a pleasure okay. and an honor. It was a joy to have you with us today on Baby Hour. And I hope you're going to join us again very, very soon. Excellent. This is Baby Hour, radio for parenting.